Hello everyone, it is Elder Octavian Fulton here, and today's teaching is going to be on what is going to be called All for His Glory, and it's basically going to be talking about making sure that we're living a life and making sure that everything that we do, making sure that everything that we set our mind on, everything that we want out of this life, everything that we're going to do out of, in this life, making sure that it is for Elohim's glory, making sure that it's not for our own selfish ambitions, because we know as beings who were created, we were created with a purpose. And for you to accomplish purpose, you have to be in connection with the person who gives you that purpose. And you have to understand what that person created you for so that you can carry that out. So it's not about being created to do what we want to do. Life isn't about doing what we want to do. Life is about doing what we need to do to accomplish the purpose that we were here for, because just like I'll talk about in this teaching, if you have something that's that isn't completing its purpose, it's it's useless. It has it has no purpose, it has no value. If I have a vacuum cleaner that stops vacuuming and doesn't no, it no longer has the capability to vacuum, we throw it away because it's it's lost its value. Either we go and get it fixed, we give it to somebody, it's like it's manufacturer, we send it back to the manufacturer to get it fixed, or if it's past that point we dispose of it because if it doesn't have any purpose then why do we have it so we're going to talk about that in this teaching so if you're seeing this you know make sure you guys hit the like button subscribe all that different things so we can help the channel grow and we can we can keep getting the kingdom message across to everyone who needs it so let's go ahead and start this and we'll share the notes so there it is, all for his glory. Let's see going forward. So first off, I want to start off with a story in the scripture or a particular passage in the scriptures that we can, you know, kind of get the idea of where we're going with this teaching. So we're starting off in Shemot Exodus now. Um, I like to use the TS 2009 version or the scriptures 2009 version because it keeps the original names. As you can see, you will see some Hebrew lettering in here. And um, yeah, it'll basically give you the original names. Um, so, cause you know, we don't believe in colonization. I mean, you know, a lot of these people in scripture that we read about their names weren't the names that you were seeing in scripture. You know, like Jesus is a Latin name, but if he was a Hebrew, why do you have a Latin name? You know, so, but that's a whole nother conversation. So uh, Shemot Exodus 32, 11 through 14 says, but Moshe, Moses pleaded with Yahweh his Elohim and said, Yahweh, why does your wrath burn against your people whom you have brought out of the land of Mitzurim, Egypt, with great power and with a strong hand? Why should the Mitzurites, the Mitzurites speak and say, for evil he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from the heat of your wrath and relent from this evil to your people. Remember Abraham, Yitzhak, and Israel, your servants, to whom you swore by yourself and said to them, I increase your seed like the stars of the heavens and all the land that I have spoken of, I give to your seed and they shall inherit it forever. And Yahweh relented his evil from which he said that he would do to his people. So the question I want to ask here, so right now what's going on is Elohim was burning in anger. He was ready to destroy all the Israelites and stuff like that because, you know, they were just out there in the wilderness acting a monkey. So, you know, he was just telling Moses, like, look, get out the way. I'm, I'm going to destroy all of them and I'll just give you some new people because we, we just, I, I, we can't deal with this. Like, they, they just doing too much. But Moses, Moshe, he spoke to the father and he, he reminded him of what he wanted to, what he wanted to do, why they were out there. Like, look, we, basically, we out here because you told us to, Lord. I mean, we out here, you know, wandering through, going through this wilderness, doing all these things because that's what you instructed you know so if you destroy these people then your reputation will be on the line because other people will just say hey look you know you you brought these people out here to the wilderness just to kill them you might as well have left them in egypt you know but the question i want to ask is was moses on this mission because he wanted to be if you was to ask moses his plans for his life would he had ever imagined or said anything like this so let me stop this screen share right quick so this whole thing with Moshe in the wilderness I mean we we know kind of how it ended with him you know being upset at the uh, 
Israelites from, you know, them complaining once more. And he ended up hitting the rock, being a bad representation of the father. And the father told him that he had to take him out of his position. But you see, you know, Moshe in that wilderness, he was in this situation where we're going to be honest, a lot of those people were getting on his nerves. They, it was always some type of bickering going on. It was always some type of whining going on. Uh, people were challenging him and all these different things. But he kept telling those people, like, when they challenged him, he was like, look, I'm not here because I want to be, you know, <laughs> I'm here because this is what the father told me that he wanted me to do. I'm here because the father told me to come out here and do all these things with you guys. Like, you know, I'm, I'm frustrated. It's worrying me. So we'll just let the father choose what he wants to, what he wants to do. And then you saw when the father appeared, he made sure that he got, you know, he dealt with those people that were coming against Moshe. So, but if he was to ask Moses, what would he want to do with his life? He could never imagine this, you know, and that's because he was doing what the father wanted him to do. He was doing what the father instructed him to do. Moses wasn't doing anything that he wanted to do with his life, you know, that he personally planned. Now, yes, he wanted to do the father's will. That's why he was willing to submit himself to do what the father wanted him to do. But at the same time, like, I mean, who could plan for that other than the father himself? I'm sure Moses, if you was to ask him, he would have told you something like back in the day, like, Man, you know, I'd, I'd be happy just being amongst my brothers in Israel, you know, getting my education, living a nice life, doing, you know, nothing, nothing at all of being worried with some Israelites in the wilderness. But it was the father will of his own and we'll make sure that we'll get to some stuff like that. So we have to look at people like Moshe in the scripture and realize, look at, look at all these things these people were doing in scripture with their lives. All these amazing things that they were doing that you could you know, some people can't even fathom happening today. And I'm sure they couldn't fathom it back then, you know. But just because just because they learned who the father was and they learned that they had purpose and he had a will for them, they submitted themselves to doing the father's will and not their own will because it's not about them. You know, it's about the father. And, Mo, and I use that scripture with Moshe to get a point across of, you know, Moses was going through a lot of stuff with these people, you know. But he kept on course and kept doing it, even out of frustration. And even at times where he didn't want to, because it was the father's will, because it, his life, what he was doing with his life was not about him. So we'll go to this next one. So our purpose is to do the father's will. So we're going to break down how it's our purpose to do the father's will. That's we were created to do that. Now, you can get more specific into it, which these scriptures will show, but you can generalize it by saying we were purposed to do the Father's will. So Bereshit Genesis 1, 26 through 28 says, and Elohim said, and Elohim said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens or the air and over the livestock and over the, all the earth and over all creeping creatures that creep on the ground. And Elohim created the man in his image in the image of Elohim, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And Elohim blessed them. And Elohim said to them, be fruitful and increase and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over all creeping creatures uh, on the earth. So we see right here that Elohim is pretty specific. And, you know, he even gets more specific when you keep going and you're reading the things that he exactly told Adam, the things that he was saying about Matis and Ege or Eve. Um, Adam's wife, we see that he's giving details of the things that he created man for, you know, Elohim had an idea of what he wanted done. And he had all that figured out before he even started creating people or creating things so that when he started creating things, you see what his ideal was for each thing that he created. If you go and break, if you go back through Bereshit or Genesis 1 and you start breaking down everything, you'll see exactly what he wanted for the stars and the moon and the sun. You will see exactly what he wanted for the fish of the sea and the birds of the air. You will see exactly what he wanted for um, the plants and the livestock. You will see exactly what he wanted uh, for the waters and all that different stuff. He lays down exactly what he wanted because everything has a purpose. But really, the only thing that separates mankind from these things is mankind has. We have a will. You know, the sun, the moon, the stars, the plants, the water, they don't have a will. 
You know, they're just designed to do what it is that they do, what they do. But the different thing about us, the father created us in his image and his likeness. So like him, we have a free will, but we have to choose to do the things that he wants us to do. You know, we have to submit to him and do that, you know. So we see the things that he laid out for us that he wanted us to do. And even today, nothing has changed. We're still doing the same thing. We see so much today that people have the this idea of, you know, I can live my life the way that I want to. I think this is okay. I think that's okay. Well, this person does good works. They do this and they do that. And, you know, that's something to be proud of. We're going to see from this teaching that a lot of that is not right. That's not good teaching. You know, if you were created, you have purpose. Nothing, nothing on this planet exists for no reason. Nothing on this planet exists to do what it wants to do. Everything that you interact with in your daily life, from me dealing with this computer to this camera to the microphone that I'm using, if any one of these things decided it was going to stop working the way that it is expected to or the way that it's designed to, it's no longer purposeful, you know. But thank Elohim for his mercy that he wants to see us brought back and he wants to see us redeemed you know, and to get back in alignment. So all of us are given so many chances to get things back right. So let's go back to here. So, but if you go back and read in Bereshit or Genesis 1, you'll see that the things that he created, when he, when he wrapped it up, he was saying Elohim saw that it was good, you know, and I, and I want to touch on that good part, because like I said before, a lot of people will say stuff like, you know, oh, well, they do good things, you know, they donate money to this, so they work hard in that, or they help people do so-and-so and so-and-so, but, and people say that's good, but we'll see what, we see in Genesis what Elohim said was good. Everything that he created, and it was doing his purpose, it was flowing in his purpose, it was good. He said it was good. It was doing a good thing. So good is basically going back and learning what does the father want? How does the father handle things? What would the father want in this? And when we do that, that's what's good. That is good ways. Those are the good things. And that's why in uh, Yeshua or Isaiah 64, 5 through 6, it says, you come to help those who gladly do right, who remember your ways, not their own ways, not doing what they want to do. You know, but when we continue to sin against them, sin against Elohim's ways, Elohim was angry, you were angry. How then can we be saved? All of us have become like one who is unclean and all our righteousness, all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. Where it says, see, a lot of us are familiar with this scripture where it says in all our righteous acts, uh, in other translations, it says our good deeds, you know. So Elohim sees what we call our good deeds as filthy rags. Because why this, this thing says us? Because we're not remembering his ways, you know. A lot of people be out here, you know, preaching and teaching stuff like it's okay to have sex before marriage. You know, y'all young, y'all do your thing. You know, uh, some people, you know, people telling their kids, it's okay to have a boyfriend, girlfriend. It's okay to live with them. It's okay to, you know, y'all live with each other and see if y'all, if this something y'all want to do in marriage, you know, it's okay to test it out. You know, it's okay to go out here and, you know, <clears throat> just do all types of stuff that goes against what the father has said that we're supposed to do. But then those would be the same people that will say, well, you know, um, you know, thank the Lord for all this and all that. Well, you know, uh, God did this for me or God did that for me. And it's, and we see right here, it says, you come to help those who gladly do right. And what's right? Listening to the things that he tells us to do, being in righteous position, you know, being in good standing with the father, living a life that's pleasing to him. You know, it's, it's not living a life doing what you want to do. You know, we would, that's, that's not why we were designed. You know, if we were, if we were, if we were designed to do what we want to do, why did Adam fall? 
if we could do what we want to do, why did the fall ever happen? If we could do what we want to do, why was hell ever created? You know, if I mean, we, we just really have to think about this stuff because a lot of times teachings and stuff like this is really just catering to our emotions. It's saying the things that we really want to hear, you know, who hadn't been there. I mean, I can remember first being born again and stuff like that. There were things you wanted to hold on to, you know. There were things that you just was like, all right, Lord, you know, I, I can do this. I can do this, but I, I can't do that. I ain't ready to do that yet, you know. And, and we just, we got to get away from that. A lot of this teaching is just really like catering your emotions, you know, making you feel good. And the things that make you feel good are not going to be the things that please the Father all the time. It's not. And we just have to really, really get our minds on, like, look, at the end of the day, I'm here to, Father, I'm here to do what you want me to do. You know, all the ways that are directed by you are good. All the ways that that you have paid for me, Father, is going to lead to my benefit. You have plans for my welfare and a prosperous future, the scripture says, you know. So if any anything that he's telling you, why would it be something that's, that, you know, that it's, it's a lot. We just really got to, we really have to change our mind, you know, of, of the things that we listen to. I, my pastor always says, you have to pay attention to what you're hearing. Because if you start hearing something over and over and over and over again, the scripture says, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. So if we're hearing good word, good word, good word, good word, you know, our lifestyle that will flow out of that, you know, will be pleasing to the father. But if you keep meditating, 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 you know, that's just the laws of meditation. You keep hearing something over and over and over and over again, you're going to you're gonna download it. That's going to be what you turn into and the lifestyle that you live. So we can go on to this next one. So, oh yeah, that Yasha Yaha Isaiah scripture was actually the NIV. I actually kind of liked how the NIV worded that one a little bit better than the TS 2009. So I use that one. So uh, going furthermore until our purpose is to do the Father's will. Um, looking at Proverbs, uh, original name, Mishlei 3, 5 through 7, um, it says, Trust in Yahweh with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Know him in all your ways and he shall make all your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear Yahweh and turn away from evil. I like that um, seventh verse. You know, a lot of people leave that out. You know, it's a, it's a lot of our favorite scriptures that we leave out the scriptures before and the scriptures after because, you know, people like to pick and choose. But I actually like that last one. It says, do not be wise in your own eyes. We don't have it all figured out. You know, I can remember, you know, my furthest back memories probably go back to when I was like seven, eight. You know, I don't know it all. You know, I just know I, I just was here one day on earth. You know, that's that's all I remember. I can remember in, in Job, Job, the book of Job, when um he was sitting there talking about, you know, how he was done wrong and he never did this and never did that. And Elohim came and gave him a strong rebuke. He was like, where, where were you when I built the foundations of the earth? Where were you when, you know, when this was happening and that was happening? Do you know the time of years when this happened? Do you know what makes this do this? You you don't you have no idea. <laughs> like you're nowhere near as wise as you think you are. You don't have it all together. Who are you to question me? You know, I'm all knowing. So we can't be wise in our own eyes. We have to lean to the one who knows the future, who knows what's up ahead. You know, we don't even know what's gonna happen tomorrow. You know, but we claim we we so wise and that we know it all. But it says, trust in Yahweh with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Know him in all your ways and he'll make your path straight. Isn't that what we want out of life? You know, don't we want to know like the direction that we're going into is exactly, is exactly where I need to be and it's going to work out? You know, don't we want to be right the first time? I tell people a lot of times like, well, we... <laughs> You know, I tell people a lot of time, I used to watch a lot of like uh, YouTube videos that tell you how to be successful in business. And they used to, you know, when it came to like social media marketing, they used to tell you like post every day, post every day, post every day. You got to post every day, three times a day on all your social media platforms. 
you know, it's five different social media platforms and you got to do this and you got to do that and you got to do the other. And I used to sit and one day it finally hit me. I was like, man, you know, I'm married with a wife. Well, of course, with a wife. <laughs> I meant to say I'm married with kids, but, uh, you know, I'm trying to start a business. You know, uh, I work a job. Um, you know, I have to make sure I'm before the father. And all this other stuff. I don't have enough time in the day to do all these things that you are telling me to do. They they basically give you the machine gun approach, you know, just spray and pray. Just do a bunch of things a lot of times and mathematically, you know, statistically, it'll work out for you eventually. You know, that that's that's the method that they give you. But when it comes to the father, there is no guessing. There is no doing a bunch of things until something figures out. The father is more like a sharpshooter, you know. We're going to hit the target the first time. If you listen to me and you tell me and, and you listen to what I tell you to do, we're going to hit it the first time. You know, there's going to be no doing so much until something happens. No, we're getting it right the first time, you know. And, I, and, it, and when it finally hit me to stop listening to the world's way of doing things, and listening to Elohim's way of doing things, you know, because the world just can't imagine it. They can't imagine you knowing exactly what you're supposed to do and exactly how to go before the stuff even, even happens. To them, that's just unfathomable. But that's why we have to lean on the Father's understanding and not our own, you know, because we, I mean, my goodness, like we just don't have it all together. You know, so that's that's an example of mine of something that I had to, trade away my own understanding what the world taught me work 12 hours a day 13 hours a day 14 hours a day grind sometimes you ain't gonna get no sleep sometimes your wife is just gonna have to understand that you know hey like I ain't gonna be there you know this is what you signed up for you sometimes you won't see me for five days that's not what the father said dude you know the father the family is important you know the family was we see the family in the beginning you know, the father's plan originally was to have as many people in the earth, making the earth just like heaven as he can. So family is paramount that we focus on family. And if you're sacrificing time away from your family too much for other things, that's not in the father's will. And the world would teach you stuff like that. So let me get back here to the shared screen. So every day of our lives, we should be seeking Elohim for daily provisions. What should I do to do today? How should I do it today? Where should I go today? How do you want this done today? We must even make sure our thoughts are subject to the Father's will. And on that every day, we must be seeking Elohim for our daily provisions. We're going to hit that with some scriptures coming up. But um, to Helam Psalms 19.14, it says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing before you, O Yahweh, my rock and my redeemer. Even right here, we see what we think. <laughs> the thoughts. That's why the scriptures say we must take every thought captive that boasts itself up against the word. We got to make sure we rebuking it and, and bringing it down. And that, that was really something that, you know, I, I had to learn, you know. So we must make sure the things that we say align with the Father. We must speak the word only. You know, we're ambassadors. We're representative of the we're representatives of the kingdom. And also the father watches on his word to make sure that is that is happening. You know, he makes sure his word don't return into a void. So we make sure we must make sure in, in situations that we're speaking his word. And this is in and this is in everyday stuff, simple stuff. You know, not just in random situations that happen, like with your finances and stuff. We're talking about everyday interactions with people. You know, somebody coming up to you talking about how bad the job sucks and, you know, you, they hate being here and this and this and this and this. And you're there speaking light. You know, you're there speaking, you know, uh, 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 positive things and not just a person who's just, you know, because that's that's one thing with our culture. When it, like we it's a lot of complaining. It's a lot of joking about the negative, you know just to seem like people are just making it through day by day, you know, and, and that's not stuff kingdom citizens should be, uh, should be a part of. We should be the ones that speak in positive, speak in light at all times, you know, 
not having a mindset that that's just full of negative like you know if you find yourself speaking so, so much negative you're probably you're thinking too much negative you got to rebuke that stuff change the way you think so all right so we'll move on to we also should pray the father's will so the things that we ask for <laughs> you know so it should be the father's will so our, our first point of getting into that our purpose is to do the Father's will. Our lifestyle should be the Father's will. The things that we do every day should be in the Father's will. Um, the way we act should be in the Father's will. The things that we speak every day should be in the Father's will. Our thoughts should be in the Father's will. So also our prayers should be in the Father's will. So Matthew 6, 9 through 10, the TS 2009 verse says, this then is the way we should pray. Our Father who is in the heavens, let your name be set apart. Let your reign come. Let your desire be done on earth as it is in heaven. So many of us know this as our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's going back to Genesis of what we were created for. We were created to bring the father's will here on earth to make the earth just like heaven. Yeshua is praying it, and he, he was saying, this is something that we should be, this is what how we should pray. Praying that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven, not, not doing what we want to do. Man, I, I can remember all, all, many of us in America growing up, probably all of us, if you, was in, if you was in the American school system, they told you to go to college. They told you to go to college. They told you to go to college getting some type of debt for those who got scholarships and stuff like that when you went to college and your college was paid off <laughs> you 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 blessed but um yeah they they told everybody to go to college they gave everybody a cookie cutter formula of how your life was supposed to go you're supposed to graduate high school go to college get a degree get you a nice job playing uh, close to six figures or six figures get you a nice house get you a nice car, get married, have some kids, house with the picket fence. They gave you the cookie cutter formula of how they say this stuff is supposed to go. But is that the, is that the father's will for everybody? Is it the father's will for you to go to college? Have you asked yourself that? Is it the father's will for you to go to college? What is the father's plan for your life? What is the vision for your life? Where do where you know with your talent and your gift, what area does he want you to go into to financially provide for yourself, your family, and to be able to do works within the kingdom and be blessings to others? You know, because money ain't just for us to be selfish with and just to have so much stuff and have money, cars, clothes, and all this other stuff, and have a bunch of things just sitting around and boast that we got so much. No, money is a is a resource that can be used for different things, for many different men, and it can be used in this earth for the kingdom. So what is the way, what is the way that he wants you to make money for your life? Have you thought about it? Is it something that you need a degree for? Is it? Is it not? You have to ask the father to know these things. So many people have went to college and they didn't need a degree at all for what they ended up doing, what the father's will, wanted, what the father wanted them to do. But America, the world system, makes this cookie-cutter formula for everybody of what you should do. And really, it's only to help their system. It's only to help the business owners have employees in their jobs, in their businesses, to make sure that you're mentally competent enough to be able to do the job. That's what it was created for. So we have to sit here and... and, and really dig down and think like how many things that I'm thinking did the father say? And I'm telling you, like, when you really start thinking about this stuff, it's going to be a lot that you realize like that didn't come from the father. So we should make sure the areas we enter, the things that we ask for in our everyday lives are led by Elohim. So if we go to Mark, Marcos, Mark, 1 through 35, it says, and having risen early in the morning while still dark, he went out and went away to a lonely place and then he prayed. This is Yeshua um, that it's talking about to where he woke up early before, you know, 
he went talking to anybody before he went doing this and doing that and doing the other. He made sure to get up and seek the father for his will for the day. He made sure to pray to the father and prepare himself to do his will for the day. Walk in the spirit so you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. You know, he made sure that he got up, prayed to the father, seek the father's provision, spoke in his heavenly language edified himself, build himself up to prepare himself for the day, to know what he was supposed to do for the day, to be able to encounter all the things that he was going to encounter in the day, you know, to make sure that he was a, a, a great ambassador, a great representative of the kingdom, to make sure that when people see him, they saw the father, you know, to make sure that they didn't see the flesh, him, him being, you know, angry in a way, that wasn't pleasing to the father because you know there there is good anger but there's anger that can lead to sin if you don't make sure that you take care of that so Yeshua made sure he got up every day seeking the father doing this and that's how we should be and I'm not saying like you know you just got to be so rigid you know some you sleep somebody come up and say hey you know uh so-and-so have I need you to do this like and you just like don't talk to me until I pray no we're not saying that but you know you get it don't don't be so rigid with it but we get it um so Yohanan Aleph first John 5 14 through 15 says and this is the boldness that we have in him that if we ask whatever according to his desire he hears us and if we know that he hears us whatever we ask we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. So this thing is telling us right here that whatever we ask according to the father's desire, according to the father's will, he hears us. And then he's going to make sure that we get what we petition for, because if it's the father's will and it's, and if it's what he wants, he's going to make sure the things that he wants and that he desires come to the past. Because if he doesn't, his reputation is on the line. That's why when Moshe was praying to Elohim, he was praying to him. He was talking to him like, look, this what you said you was going to do. This was your plan. This We out here doing what you said you were supposed to do. How, how your name going to look if you let us come out here to fail like this? You know, see, a lot of people don't understand, like, we be, we be so, and some people might say it's, it sounds crazy to say stuff like this, but when we get born again, we're in a covenant with Elohim. A covenant goes both ways. That's why he told Israel, uh, the, the Israelites, the Israelites, like, you'll be my, I'll be your God and you will be my people. We both have responsibilities in it. Us as people, us as uh, citizens of the kingdom, if we stay in right position, we keep a life that's pleasing to the Father. We acknowledge him in all our ways. We make sure that we seek him daily. We make sure we're hearing from the Holy Spirit every day. We do the things that we're supposed to do. Then he has an obligation to take care of us. He has an obligation to make sure that we don't fail. We, he has an obligation to make sure his word comes to pass. If he's giving you a business and told you to go into business and you're doing what he told you to do, he has an obligation to make sure that business doesn't fail. He's obligated. You know, if we tell the father, look, father, I don't want to be like this anymore. I want all these things that's in me to come up out of me. I don't want to be angry no more. I don't want to be this. I want to be more like you, father. I just, I acknowledge what I am and what's going on. And I repent. I don't want to be like this anymore. He has an obligation to fill us with, to fill us with who he is and change us, you know, it's his obligation. The covenant goes both ways. We're not responsible for our own welfare. He says he has plans for our welfare, you know. Now, you can break laws. The father has, you know, uh, a desire for your health, you know. He has desires for you for the, for to the be healthy, but if you go out here and eat pizza all the time, I mean, that just that just is what it is. You're going to get sick. But at the same time, like, if you stay in the Father's will and you do the things that you need to do and you stay pleasing him and you stay in a righteous position and you're seeking the kingdom and his righteousness, all things to be added unto you. He has an obligation to add the things unto you because he's spoken in his word. You know, so we, we just really have to, you know, it's just kind of like he's, the scripture where he was talking about ties. He said, try me, try me, and you will see what happens. 
Because I make my word come to pass. It's never me. It's you guys. I'm waiting on y'all. So we can go to this shared screen. And our next scripture is Shemiel Aleph. It's 1 Samuel 37 through 8. And the weird David said to Abiathar, the priest, son of Ahimelech, please bring the shoulder garment here to me. So Abiathar brought the shoulder garment and the weed and the weed to the weed and the weed inquired of Yahweh saying, do I pursue this band? Do I overtake them? And he answered him, pursue for you shall certainly overtake them and certainly rescue. So what was happening here was basically um, some, I forgot who, who the person was, but someone had overtook and kidnapped and captured all the people in their village while Deweed and his people were out um, on a mission. They were doing something. And basically, when Deweed got the news that this had happened, that everything was taken, everybody was up in arms like, man, what are we going to do? What we should do? Like, they took our people, ran off with them, did this and did that. Like, what are we going to do? How are we going to get our people back? How are we going to handle this? And David didn't fold up under the pressure you know, he didn't do what a lot of people do. You know, you see a lot of times with like uh, young people and stuff like that. You hear somebody and beat up your friend or something like that. You immediately, it ain't no thinking like, okay, we finna go find them. We finna go beat them. We finna go do this. We finna go do that. You know, like uh, parents, somebody did something to your child, you know, upset, your, uh, hurt your child. You immediately just like, look, like we, we finna go handle it. We finna go do something. We finna go to the school. We finna go do this. We finna go do that. But David, he did he did something amazing. Like in all in, in hearing that news, he could have, you know, no telling what type of emotions and stuff he felt. Everybody around him up in arms. He said, you know what? I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna seek Elohim on what to do. Even in this situation that seems daunting, it seems tragic. I don't know what to do. I don't even know if I'm gonna succeed. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna seek the father because I know if I do the father's will, then I'm gonna succeed. It's gonna work out for my greater good. If I acknowledge him in all my ways, he'll make my path straight. He'll make it work out. And that's what David did. And he made sure that what he did, he sought the father so it would glorify him. Because if I went and did what I wanted to do and it didn't succeed, then the father gets no glory out of me failing and I claim I'm a representative for him. Everybody knew uh, David was a man of Elohim. He was put in position by Elohim. So in this situation, if you'd have went off and did something that he, you know, shouldn't have done, did his own desire, something that the father didn't want, he wouldn't have glorified him. What, what glory would Elohim get out of us failing? And we claim to be owned by him. You know, so even in situations like that, where it's tragic, I mean, he had to make a, it was almost like he had to make a split decision. It, it, we had to figure this out right now. And even in the situation where that come in right now, it was like, we got a moment to seek the father to make sure that we're doing what he wants us to do. You know, so go to this next slide. So Lucas, Luke 22, 41 through 43 says, and he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and falling on his knees, he was praying saying, father, if it be your counsel, remove this cup from me. Yet not by my desire, but let yours be done. And there appeared a messenger from heaven to him, strengthening him. So right here we have this scripture where, you know, many people teach this is where uh, Yeshua or what they call Jesus got weak and he was pleading to the father. He didn't want to go through, you know, uh, the killing process, or, you know, the process that he had to go through to uh, get us back in right standing. Uh, he was showing his human side, you know, there's going to be times where, we get weak and all this other stuff and it's all hogwash you know we if i don't i don't want to get into it now but if we go into the hebrew and we look this up he was basically saying father it is time for me to be separated from you i don't want to be separated from you but let your will be done instead of my own and here's yeshua i mean yeshua right here is saying that the reason why he came into the earth is not for his own desire it was for the father's desire. It was for the father's will. He wanted the father's will to be done. The father loved us so much that even after what Adam did and after through all the years of all of, of all mankind acting monkeys, you know, he made sure that Yeshua came in to do, to get us back in right position. And Yeshua said, like, 
you know what? Prepare me, prepare me a body. I'll go do it, Father. If that be your will and and somebody, you know, who's never seen had to do it, I'll go do it to, to get your will, for to get your will done, Father. So even Yeshua is telling us right here that he's doing the Father's will. His life that he he that he's living here on the earth is the Father's will. It's not his will. He didn't, Yeshua never came on earth and did anything of his own desire. His life was so full of purpose. Everything he did was so full of purpose. All those acts that he did were so full of purpose. Seeking the Father every morning and making sure that he went out and carried it out. You know. So this life is not about us, but about accomplishing what we what we were designed to do. And you know, that that sentence is basically just capsulizing all the things that we have spoken so far in our everyday life. I mean, even when we're young, the scripture says, don't forsake the father in your youth. You know, even when we're young, these things that our society is telling us are normal, go find you a girlfriend, go to college. This is how you need to get you a house. This is how you need to get you a car. This is how you need to start your business. This is how you need to find your wife. This is how you need to find your husband. This is how your marriage need to go. This is how you raise your kids. This is how the world has doctrine for everything. Everything. We have to make sure that we're going to the father and we're doing it the way that he wants us to do. Because that's the only way that's going to succeed. If people be honest to going and wait, going um and doing the way the world does stuff, it does not work most of the time. Yes, there are some principles and stuff like that, like a lot of advice that people give on money, on how you, you know, um, make money, how you be rich, how you be that. A lot of those principles come from the scripture. You can find it in the scripture. So some things, yes, they have gotten a hold to that actually work, but there's another thing that goes into it. Where do I need to apply it to? You know, just because I know a principle or somewhere, do I apply the principle? You got to go back to the father for that. So we can go to this next slide and I'm running short on time, but this, this is, this is, this stuff is good. So here's one that, you know, when, when I, I figured out about this stuff, it, it really astonished me. It, it was really amazing to figure this out, but even the, even miracles should align, what people call miracles should align with the father's will. You know, things, uh, these things that people call miracles amongst born again believers, they're just common. But the things that we, uh, the things that uh, I have examples of here, like Matthew, Yahoo, Matthew 14, 23 through 27 says, and having dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening had come, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea. So his disciples had basically went off. Uh, far from him while he was still handling, you know, doing, uh, dealing with the crowds that had came and um, doing the uh, crowds that had came and, you know, he went off to pray and he, you know, he basically had got left behind. So it happened that by the time he realized that the boat was gone to a certain degree, but he had to get back to his disciples See, Yeshua, he got disciples for a reason. He stayed, I mean, he had to have people around him so he, that he could teach so that when he left, it was people around to keep the thing going. And we saw, you know, um, the 12, a lot of them were integral parts of what had happened after Yeshua had left, such as uh, Kepha, Peter. So it says, and in the fourth watch of the night, Yeshua went to them walking on the sea and when the top ones saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a phantom. And from fear, they cried. But immediately, Yeshua spoke to them, saying, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. So one thing that was happening also was, um, like it said, the sea, it was agitated by the waves. So it was, uh, the wind was against it. So it was a lot of, like, commotion going on and you know, some of the disciples were frightened and, and things of that nature. So that's why when Yeshua approached, I was like, oh my goodness, it's a phantom. <laughs> you know, it's a ghost out here walking on the water. So, um, but the but the point is like, Yeshua just didn't walk on water for no reason. He just didn't do it to show off. There was a reason why he did it. You know, one, his disciples, he was supposed to be with his disciples at all times. He wasn't to leave their sides. He was mentoring them. They left their businesses, left their, a lot of them left their families for this time being just to be around him. 
you know, Kafer was a fisher. Uh, Matthew, he was a uh, he worked in taxes and stuff like that. These people left what they were doing to follow him and to get teaching from him. So one, he had to be with them, and two, the seeds were agitated. So they were scared and all this and all that. And later in the scripture, we see there's a lesson that uh, Kafa had to learn because he doubted. So he learned that he still had doubt in him. So all these things, so Yeshua walking on water, he didn't do it for no reason. There was a purpose. There was a reason behind it. He was still fulfilling the Father's will. So him walking on water was glorifying the Father. He just didn't walk on water because he was like, hey, y'all, let me show y'all something I could do. Then he did it. Just like when he pulled a uh, fish out of the, uh, he pulled gold out of the fish mouth. He did it for a reason. They had to pay their taxes. If they didn't pay their taxes, they was going to get in trouble. But it had to happen then because they came up to him and was like, hey, they didn't approach us about our taxes. What are we going to do? You know, so these things aren't just happening because, you know, as the people say nowadays, he's trying to flex, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's trying to show them. And we go see that. And one of these scriptures was, you know, he was telling them basically do something because I know you got the power. I mean, you can do it. So just do it. But that's not how it works. So in Matthew, Yahoo, Matthew 4, uh, 14, 14 through 20, uh, it says, and when Yeshua came out, he saw a large crowd and was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. And when evening came, his taught ones came to him saying, this is a deserted place and the hour is already late. Dismiss the crowd so that they might go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Yeshua said to them, do, they do not need to go away. Give them to eat yourselves. And they said to him, well, we have here only five loaves and two fish. And he said, bring them here to me and commanding the crowds to sit down on the grass and taking the five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the tall ones and the tall ones gave to the crowds and all ate and were satisfied. And they picked up the pieces left over 12 baskets filled. So this is one of the more popular miracles that Yeshua did feeding the thousands with the five loaves of bread and two fish. Um, <clears throat> but we see here, this, this happened for another reason. Yeshua said, Yeshua was out there with the large crowds and he was healing their sick. He was teaching the people. So he was in his wheel. And so they came to him and said, hey, look, we need to stop all the healing and the teaching and all this stuff because it's, they, it's getting late. They need to go eat. The people hungry. You know, and Yeshua said, they don't need to leave. We going to feed them or you feed them. You know, why are you stopping them receiving and, you know, getting the things that they need? You feed them, you know, and but they were like, oh, well, we don't have enough. And then this miracle was performed because it needed to happen. The people didn't need to leave. So if we if we read between the lines, we'll see that these miracles are happening for a reason. To It was glorifying the father. These people around seeing this, I'm sure they was, they, of course, they were blessed even more seeing this and seeing the power that comes when the kingdom shows up, you know? So we have one more here. So uh, Lucas, Luke 9, uh, 51 through 56 says, and it came to be when the days of his taking up were being completed, even he set his face to go to uh, Jerusalem. So this is my Yeshua. And he sent messages ahead of him. And they went and entered into a village of the uh the Shomer, the Shomer, the Shomer in them. They almost threw me for a loop. I almost twisted my tongue all up to prepare for him. And they did not receive him because his face was set to the journey of Jerusalem. And his taught ones, Yaakov and Yohanan, seeing it said, Master, do you wish us to command fire to come down from heaven to destroy them? as also Elihu, but having turned, he rebuked them and said, you do not know what spirit you are, <laughs> of what spirit you are, for the son of Adam did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them, and they went on to another village, so we see Yeshua's telling them, like, you don't even know what we're doing, you don't even know what's going on, you really don't see the big picture of this, you, you don't even know what's going on, like, I'm here to save these people. I'm the savior. Like, what, what? I'm not here to destroy anybody. I mean, there were plenty of times Yeshua was in fights. I mean, you know, crowds came up to him, was finna beat him. He didn't, he didn't hurt nobody. You know, he just ran off, you know, uh, went through the crowd and escaped. 
you know, but but now they coming up to him and saying like, man, look, you you got the power, just destroy them. You know, you you got the you. I mean, you you sure we know you got the power, just go ahead and blow them up. You know, but the reason why Elihu did that was because, you know, he was out on the hill, and they had sent the um, the troops or whatever you want to call them to him for to arrest him, but it wasn't his time to be. He had work to do. He had stuff he had to do. And those those soldiers wasn't finna go back and tell the <laughs> so wasn't finna go back and tell the queen like look he I mean the father he said the father said he had stuff to do so you know we just well, we go mess with him for the father said he had stuff to do no they weren't gonna do that the people were serious they were finna come take him away and he went and he called down fire from heaven and destroyed him to get the point across like look don't mess with me I'm out here on serious works you do not mess with me. You know, you like the scripture say, don't touch my anointed ones. Just like I forgot who it was in the scripture, but a large group of people came at him and tried to attack him and he made them go blind. Another miracle. All these people went blind. But in that case, mercy was showed on them and he took he led them back all the way to their village, got their sight back. And all of them were looking around like, yo, this this ain't nothing to play with just to show them you don't mess with the father's anointing one. So all these miracles that we're seeing is people aren't just out here doing this stuff just for the show, to show off. Like we see all these prophets, preachers, evangelists, whatever y'all want to call them, that be all in these churches and stuff, just doing miracles just because they say they can do miracles and stuff like that. Like, man, you go to a place, that's all they doing, trying to get you a miracle, 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 miracle. It's a show. You went to a play. You need to be taught. You need to be taught the word. And we see here from this word teaching that all those miracles were happening for a reason. You don't be drawn. I mean, yes, a miracle can help you be draw, uh, drawn in, but that's not the main reason why we're here, just to be performing miracles. Miracles, they're for a reason. So like my pastor says all the time, you can go out there and try to walk on water right now. You're going to drown, <laughs> you know. You can go off and jump off a building, talking about you're going to fly, you're going to hit the ground. Gravity is there for a reason, you know. But there are times where other laws can come in to supersede laws where they're needed to, you know. I mean, there was a story I heard where a helicopter had fell in the water and stuff like that. Um, and it was a smaller helicopter that had fell in some water. And uh, so people were going to drown. I think it was the 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 flyer the plane was gonna drown, and a guy, um, and just like, I mean, a whole Samson moment. He went over and lifted the helicopter, lifted a helicopter, um, off the out uh, just enough for this guy to be able to get from up under the helicopter and save his life. Now, in any other random circumstance, this man wasn't gonna lift up no helicopter, but in that situation. I mean, just he was able to do that to save that man's life and the kingdom works, something like that. Like it's got to be for a purpose. It has to be for a reason. So I think I'm out of time and I, <laughs> you know, this, this stuff, I, you know, you feeling like you want to rush, but you don't need the rush because, you know, the, 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 the father doesn't desire us for the rush, but to take our time and make sure we get out what we need to get out. You know, so I hope you guys really enjoyed this message. This is Elder Octavian. Um, I pray that this message blessed you in some type of way. Um, and Shalom. We hope to see you on our next teaching. We'll catch you next time.